Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. This is long overdue for me. (laughs) Absolutely. I've been finding actually like that's kind of the theme of the podcasting in 2020. Hmm. It is long overdue. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I've been talking a lot um, about talking to these people. We're going to talk about, (laughs) you know what I mean? Let's jump in. Yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, um, on the microphone is Thomas Booth. Thomas Booth is the world, the world Thomas Booth. Say hi. Hi guys. (laughs) Also known as listeners out there. You probably know him as the wine boss. Yes. And if you don't know, what the wine boss is, um, where have you been for the last year and a half, uh, more than year and a half now, uh, Pepper has joined forces with the wine boss, AKA Thomas Booth. And we have put forward into this world, delicious tasting pepper wine. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should have a glass as we're podcasting. Not yet. I will, however, say that if we can get through half of this podcast, then we'll take. Then we'll crack a bottle then we'll, open. Then we'll crack a bottle open. And little do you know, though, but we have like um, the very special gold award winning from the San Francisco Chronicle Award, gold medal finalist, uh, Pink Kush, which is um, one of Thomas's uh, creations. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's in the fridge right now. And it's, it's, just, it's chilling. It's, it's properly getting to rose level. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, so. For this podcast, let's 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 do like a, a whole storyboard. Let's go past, present, and future, mm-hmm. and how we actually got to where we are today. Yeah. So, Thomas, um, introduce yourself. What else do you do? Well, shoot. Um, yeah, I'm the wine bus up in Paso Robles, California, mm-hmm. and I've uh, been there, gosh, since 2016. And uh, it wasn't in. You know, it was more of a kind of a garage type winemaking spot where, you know, we'd try to help out smaller time wine producers, including myself. And we also do a beer, cider and sake. And, you know, I went to Cal Poly about a decade ago, did the whole San Luis County thing. And what did you do at Cal Poly? I studied wine and viticulture. And, wine uh, and viticulture. What is viticulture? Viticulture is the st- a study of all things grapes, essentially. But it actually kind of factioned into three different concentrations. So we had enology, which was the, you know, winemaking study. Then we had viticulture, which is kind of redundant, but it was the study more of like the growing of the grapes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, wine business. And I was wine business until I, I made my first batch of wine when I was like 18. And it took something stupid at like a fair it was uh, honorable mention for my cabernet i was like oh i'm pre- i'm pretty good at this Wait, so. wine making at 18 yeah can you believe that i mean wow we had, we had to make our own booze and get our own booze somehow that, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome perfect all right and so you also happen to be a fan of um pepper and the genre of music so how did this all come to be the whole pepper wine. Yeah, it's so Let's funny. go back to that whole story. It goes uh, it goes way back, actually. I became a fan back in, uh, gosh, 2004 or so, 2003, and um, had to do with an ex-girlfriend, which is, I think, typical of pepper fans. <laughs> <laughs> but I must have went, run through every type of Sublime CD, and um, she was like, hey, check out this this pepper, these pepper guys. The, it was the Kona Town release. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was like, these guys are awesome. So we used to go to every single show, and... You know, fast forward, 
what, 13 years later, they're playing at a amphitheater in Paso Robles called Vino Robles. Beautiful place. Beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah, like a mini Hollywood Bowl almost. Yeah. Uh, I saw him on the bill and I was like, no way. I, I talked to my buddy Alex, who you guys know, and mm-hmm. we're like, oh, let's go check this out. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a Shiner, which is a, a labelless bottle of wine. They call I'm, it a Shiner. Yeah, they call it a Shiner. Okay. Interesting enough. I don't yeah. really know the history, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. I, I thought it was a silly idea, but like, you know what the heck? I'm going to go to Staples. I'm going to print out the old Kona Town album cover. I'm going to slap it on this Shiner and I'm going to somehow get it to the boys. And, uh, you know, on the way Uber ride to the concert, I'm just Instagramming the heck out of them until I got a hold of somebody. And it was ye that was like, that's next level. Try to get it to our merch guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so we uh, <laughs> we stashed it underneath the staff parking lot behind a cyclone fence, hoping to God it'd still be there after the show. <laughs> and the boys killed it. We stumbled back to the cyclone fence. It's still there. Wait, 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 wait. Tell everybody why you had to stash it. <laughs> Well, they wouldn't let us into the venue with a glass container, number one. And yeah. um, this is what and I you can't bring your own booze. In. Exactly. Yeah. This is what I'm remembering. I'm like, oh, okay. This okay. So the security guard just goes, no, you're not walking in here with that. Absolutely not. Okay. You don't understand. I have to give it to the band. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So you go and you find a place. You dig a hole and you put the bottle in. Essentially. Okay. <laughs> then you cover it up. Then you go into the show. Where you watch, I think it, I think we were with Aloha Radio, Tribal Seeds, and us. Unfortunate you. Oh, unfortunate you. Wow, that was a great, that's a great package. Yeah, it was a great Wow, show. okay. Okay, so you go in, you, you enjoy it. So how do you eventually get the bottle to us? Um, okay, so we get to the security guard after the show, and he was much cooler than the other guy. Uh-huh. Um, and Chips was working the merch booth. Oh, Chips and, is just A+. plus. Yeah, I right. actually owe this entire venture to him. And I said, can you please just give this to uh, the merch guy over there? And uh, I showed him the Instagram from Yi, the message. And um, yeah, he brought it. He's like, no problem. Brought it over, gave it to Chips, gave him the shaka, and... Uh, and that was that. And I guess I, you could kind of take up the straight from here before I tell what happened next. Perfect. So here I am. I'm done with the show. After the show, I'm so excited because I've just showered. Um, I'm done for the day. There's nothing else that's going to happen. So I'm going to get to eat dinner on the bus. So I make this incredible big ass salad. And while I'm cutting up the avocado and while I'm while I'm preparing, like I, I'm putting blueberries in this, and I'm, I'm also putting like, like sauerkraut and some fermented foods in it, and I'm using apple cider vinegar, and I'm putting on this amazing like local olive oil on top of this big salad. It's the end of the night meal, and uh, I open up a bottle of wine uh, called Los Vascos. Okay, it's one of our favorites, Melanie and I's favorites. It's a Chilean Cabernet. And I've been waiting for this. So the combination of the salad and the wine is perfect. It's just my end of the day ritual on tour, and I love it. So I go and I pour my glass of wine. I go sit down when my salad's ready. And on the table, kind of further down from me, another table on the, the front lounge bus, there is this wine bottle with the Kona Town Art sticker on it. And I'm just looking at it. I'm like, what's that from? So I get up and I go over and, you know, I, I pick it up 
and I bring it back with me and I just set it down and I just start, you know, eating my salad and drinking my Los Vascos and I'm really enjoying this time. By the way, the bus is empty at this moment. And when the bus is empty, it's just pure, unbelievable silence. It's just so gorgeous. And I'm having just the best decompressing time after the show. And I'm looking at this bottle and I'm eating and drinking my wine. I'm looking at this bottle and probably about 15 minutes later, it clicked about what it really was to me. I had no real intention to ever become like a winemaker per se or be a part of the wine industry, better said. But this just activated within me so much. And I was now at the point of, okay, now I need to investigate where this came from and and after talking to Chips and Yee and how it was all coming around, that's when I direct message Thomas. Thank you, technology, for making this happen. And we were able to strike up our first conversation. That's awesome. And I'm going to pass the baton back to you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was essentially how it happened. I, uh, I couldn't believe it because I... You know, he, he direct messaged me and I, um, I was like, here's my email, man. You know, if you want to check out a proposal. And yeah, that afternoon I was taking actually my sister Becky up fishing over by Dana, Dana Point and I get the email from Kaleo. <laughs> like, Becky! <laughs> so cool. That's right. rad. Yeah, and then from then on it was just, you know, back and forth. Obviously how these things work, you know, cutting through the red tape and negotiating and getting management involved and all that jazz and I'll never forget that critical moment. I was at Mardi Gras and we were just on the cusp of like, okay, we got this. We got this. Should we move forward? And I was in Mardi Gras state of mind. Yes, let's, let's do <laughs> Mardi this. Gras state of mind. <laughs> and, and what? We actually came, I made how many visits down here? And we put, oh, you know, to I put mean, a blend together. That's, that's one thing I'm going to definitely be able to tell everyone listening right now. Like Thomas's commitment to making this the best that it, it has been, um, He's just been nonstop with improving where we are and where we're going. And it's so, it's so wonderful to be in a, a business with the people around you that want to make something succeed so much. And there's definitely no lack of effort whatsoever um, between Thomas. And I'm going to say myself too, because I just love this part of, of what we're doing, you know? And luckily Brett and Yi have given me like a, the reins to take this and drive it as you know further and further and now we're making such headway where um this will bring us to the present moment where now thomas's wine and pepper and thomas's wine are gold and silver metal no gold and silver and bronze uh how do you say it? we've we've gotten those accolades. Metal winners? We're medal winners, right? We're medal <laughs> yeah. winners in competitions in San Francisco. Yeah, San tell Francisco us about Chronicle. the San Francisco Chronicle competition. It's the largest North American wine competition in the, well, I guess North, North America. America. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the world. In the world. Yeah, but we're talking tens of thousands of entries and wow. uh, maybe we should start our own competition. It sounds like a lot of loot considering what the entry fees are. But uh, <laughs> it, no, it's it's very prestigious and very proud of it. Um, you know, these judges come from around the world. We're talking top level sommeliers. 
and just to be even considered for a medal is awesome so to actually make the podium so to speak is is a real honor you know and um obviously it obviously gives us validation of all the work we put into it i mean right um, let's you know not to tip our hats off but uh, we actually put together the kona town blend too as you can imagine the blend one sold pretty quickly and we did it right here on your yeah. balcony, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was bottle F. <laughs> it, it, it blend, was bl- blend F. F. Yeah. Blend F. And I I found those notes. Maybe we'll take a photo of it for this podcast. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and put idea. yeah, put it on. Uh, I found the notes of it in my book, and it is incredible. There's wine everywhere, on on the page. So usually, when bands have their own alcohol, let's just say a beer or. Um, I'm sure there's some wine out there. Uh, is vodkas, it, vodkas, whiskey. Is it usually? Like is it just licensing their name usually? Yeah, you know, um, it's so funny. We've been on that learning curve, so to speak, mm-hmm. too, with even what we're doing right now and trying to figure out a, a more uh, efficient way of doing it. But yes, essentially, it's just kind of a royalty thing. You know, I mean, you just mm-hmm. anytime you slap anybody's name on your product. Um, but you pay them for usage of, of their name. Right. Yeah. But what Pepper did, which was really cool, is they actually kind of invested money, you know, towards a product mm-hmm. and we kept reinvesting and like you don't ever see that with bands. You know, mm-hmm. they're just like, Where's my payout? You know, this was more of like, Okay, we're in this together, let's keep building and building and building and gosh, we've blown through like we're at like six or seven hundred cases in sales. Wow. I mean, over 700 orders, we've been, we were just looking at the graphs the other day, what, 42 states we've shipped to already? Um, and, uh, you know, God knows how many retail accounts. So it's just, uh, how cool is it to put something together like that, knowing that you put your, not just finances behind it but all the hard work that we've been mm. and people are enjoying your product mm-hmm. and it's winning awards and winning awards. yeah it's and, really really good stuff yeah. Yeah. so essentially pepper and the wine boss are partners in this so it's not just a licensing situation it's not like so a licensing situation and you know, the way. things things definitely have like opportunities to expand in in different ways and different models and the greatest thing that that we have going on right now is the i would say the absolute trust in knowing that both wine boss and pepper are going to be really really happy and and really excited about how we will determine our working relationships in the the future together Mm -hmm. just because we've had this beginning without this beginning and it's been very organic it's been so incredible to have this very you know humble way to to do this and wherever it goes now we're, I'm I'm super open to it, you know. Mm-hmm. How, however, however we work it out, because Thomas is an exquisite winemaker, and if he keeps just making this wine, then we can, you know, talk about different ways to. We could just talk about different ways to to release it. Where would you know? It's like, am I am I speaking clearly, Thomas? Am I, am I like making sense? Oh, of course. Yeah. Man. I mean, you know, let's face it. We're in a saturated market where there's a lot of wine out there, yeah. you know? And so you have to make wines that are obviously drinkable. And thank you so much for calling uh, my wines exquisite, our wines, I should say. And uh, the fact that we're approaching a scene that's so different, like uh, like the reggae rock scene. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, we, and it's drawn the attention of Wine Spectator twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, I think since we've, you know, now that people know that we're here, what we're about now it's about 
kind of uh, not exploiting, but like it's really, time for growth. It's growth and, uh-huh. and really saying, okay, wow, you can mix a Cabernet with a, a Steel Pulse on, or you can have a yeah, you know, you can have a Viognier with a Pepper on, or whatever. You know, like the now you're jumping into genres that really provide a new niche, and uh, it's incredible. So we'll see where it goes. Well, the funny thing is too is like. Wow, because we have been doing these wine experiences, like you're saying, pairing, you're pairing your wine, our wine, with music. And now that we're taking it to a whole new level where we've been, you know, it all kicked off at the Wine Boss. And it all kicked off with Rebel and Muse at the Wine Boss. When we had a retreat, <laughs> when we had a retreat and we wanted to come up and do something really special for our retreaters while opening up to the public, a.k.a all of Paso Robles and your friends. And it's so fun. Yeah, and, and the wine, and, and we, you come to your wine bar. By the way, if you're listening, if you find yourself in Paso Robles, you have to go to the wine boss. Uh, he has a wine bar called the wine boss, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what we do is we fill this place with so many people and we do these acoustic performances. And what I'm so blown away with is all the talent that is in Paso Robles that, um, that, that go ahead and, and you know they, they start they start the event and then they start playing and then I'll go on and I'll jump on and I'll sing like forty minutes of you know of songs where the entire bar is just drinking wine and yelling <laughs> at you the lyrics. Thank God because by this point I'm totally forgot all the lyrics anyway. <laughs> and they're just the vibe is so powerful. It's There's like so this fun. huge surge of energy. And it's it's an experience. It's our wine experience. And what we're doing is preparing the wine with the music. And so now it's like now that there's this momentum behind it, we're able to like format this even more and more and more places around the country, hopefully the world soon. And more and more smaller venues are paying attention to this experience so we can come out and Thomas with his, you know, amazing knowledge. Uh, his wine knowledge. He's a psalm. So it's like all of his wine knowledge and he can pour and he can tell you why you feel this way. You could tell you why you like this and like that. Um, and, and then, you know, I can bring this this music element where you won't hear these songs normally like you would at an experience like this. This is more of the songs when they were at their first conception. This is like a raw, completely raw version of the songs that, you know, if you've been to a Pepper show or you've listened to us on, on any uh, streaming scene or album or CD or tape or whatever. It's just like one of those really special times where you're not going to really hear the performance like this. And um, to mix it with the wine, to mix it with all other Law Records artists, and of course to mix it with Thomas's, um, not only his venue right now, but more venues, but his intelligence of the wine. And, you know, it's it's such a cool, different way to put on a show after 20 years of putting on a show in a different way. I'm, I get really excited, as you can tell. I, I've just, you know, I've looked at the soundbite. It's like I've just talked for like five minutes. But <laughs> but what I'm really happy about, though, is to see this grow and grow and grow. And Thomas is just, he's going to be on his own path, making his own wines even more incredible. And then the wines that we're able to do with Thomas as well is going to be even, you know, the, the next level. And to keep getting better and better is like, that's the exciting part to me. Like that's the part that's like, yes, I love what we're doing. Let's let's see what else we can do with it. Mm, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So are we, are we halfway through? Can I go open the bottle? No, we're not halfway through yet. You gotta wait. <laughs> yes. All right. But but don't worry. Um. But okay. So Thomas, uh, I wanted to ask you. 
let, let's go into um, let's go into this realm right now. You live in Paso Robles. Paso Robles is a huge mecca for winemakers. How is the community in Paso Robles maybe different than other big wine communities like just say Napa, for instance? And why do you why do you find that making grapes in Paso Robles is is where you like to versus anywhere else? You know, it's funny. Paso has always been kind of like the experimental region. You know, obviously we got our name through Zinfandel um, and Big Reds like that. But it, it, I never, I get surprised every year with the new varietals that keep popping up in Paso. It's almost like there's no fear. It doesn't matter if the terroir, which is, which it's a fancy term we use to describe like climate and growing conditions and, you know, et cetera, to come up with the perfect way to grow a grape. But it seems like people are just going for it and planting stuff and making stuff and making it their own style. And I think that's what Paso has, has really come to be is this, okay, let's see how this does here. Um, you know, the big varietals to talk about are, are Rhone varietals. Who would have thought that Grenache and Syrah or Movedra would actually thrive in Paso Robles? And now it's considered one of the top growing Rhone regions in the world. Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, we actually have, um, it's called uh, Hospice de Rhone coming up this year. And it actually, uh, we've become so popular that the location of Hospice de Rhone switches between Rhone Valley in France and Paso. What? Wow. That's really cool to know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, it's an exciting time to be there. And it's coming up this early spring. Um, can't remember exactly, but it obviously be fun to come to attend. Maynard, Maynard comes up sometimes. He, right. he grows a lot of Rhone varietals. Uh, if the, for those that don't know who Maynard is, he's the singer of Tool who has been making wine for a very long time and a huge inspiration. He makes some really knockout wines. Ooh, I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. yeah. I, the first time I had it was in Flagstaff. Is that where his vineyards are? He is in uh, Tempe, Arizona, oh. so close enough. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I remember having a bottle of, I think it was the Judith, up in um, Flagstaff. Yeah. yeah, years and years ago, it was fantastic. That doesn't seem like a, a very conducive place to have to grow grapes. It's um, interesting. Temecula. It kind of it kind of reminds me of Temecula a little bit. Mark, I lie. Not hmm, that Temecula. Okay. I, you know, there are actually some gems in Temecula. Not to downplay it at all, but um, he actually did source his fruit from Paso for a while hmm. until they finally started growing vineyards, and then it takes like four or five years for a vineyard to mature and make mm-hmm. good wine. But um, it's funny. Pink just came up. She actually just bought some. Bought some property in Acevedo Lake, and she's doing wine hut there now. She's saying karaoke at our local saloon. (laughs) How funny is that, right? Really? We're like the small big town, which is another thing to touch on about Paso. Right, and that's what I I wanted to come back to the the part of my question. was like, how is that community different than other wine communities that you've seen? Um, For instance, I'm kind of really pulling this out of you. Is Paso still little big, where Napa is just big, big? kind of thing like is there more camaraderie between the vineyards or the the, the wine bars in Paso or or like what 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 really like what's the vibe yeah what's the vibe of Paso and because I really do have a I really you know a belief that the energy that you know that's being put into the area is going the the grapes are gonna absorb it um, like they absorb anything in the soil in the air in the temperature. So I want to know, like, you know, is the energy in Paso Robles, I would say, 
a little more youthful, a little more exciting than maybe some some other places that you know have maybe the uh, stigmatism of like uh, being um, posh wine places. I would say so. You know, it's kind of sad in a way that Napa's developed that reputation. Um, and it doesn't help that their tastings are like 45 bucks a pop. I mean, wow. you know, it, <laughs> right. I always consider, and it's a term I came across actually in uh, Willamette, or, uh, Willamette Valley, Oregon, is um, it's like the working man's wine region. You wow. Know? You come in there, and don't get me wrong, you got, we do have our snooties here and there, but um, we have a very eclectic array of, of winemakers and wine owners and um uh, every time you go into a place you, you leave with a great story which mm. is what makes so you're right in a sense uh, that yeah you go to cab and those places uh, excuse me napa and those wineries have been there for a long time now right we all know their story and right deep pocket old money mm-hmm. uh whereas paso is just more um yeah you just you really get to know and you guys have been there yeah besides wine boss what have you gone to a place that you haven't walked out like, oh my God, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, it it, it really is kind of like, and I hope no one ever takes this offense because it's like huge for me to say in a positive way. It's kind of like my punk rock wine area. You know what I mean? Like there's <laughs> totally. just, there's so much like style. I mean, it's like, there's so much style. There's so much, I don't know. I, I think youth would be the energy that is around there. It just seems like a very young place for you. I mean, we'll look at Thomas. Here you are, uh, you know, just what early thirties making making the incredible wine, making an incredible statement on the wine world from Paso Robles. Yeah, no, exactly. And it, honestly, if it wasn't for Paso, I probably wouldn't have been able to have a place just because I got it. I got it in just the right time. Awesome. Yeah. So um, the last time we were in Paso Robles at the Wine Boss for a wine experience. We launched the Malbec, and I believe that was your favorite uh, holiday, which is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I have to tell you, the Malbec that is our brand new, it's, it's our brand, brand new. Um, I'm probably going to say it's, it's my favorite. The like, Skullcanut Malbec. The it's skull, so good. The Skullcanut oh Malbec. It is yeah. evil, but in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really is. Um, just fantastic. How do you keep the inspiration to wanting to make more and different types of wines um gosh i think it's like anything else you know um even being a musician or or like a director of a move of the movies or anything like that you just want to keep making different genres or you kind of just want to keep experimenting Mm -hmm. and, and and not only that sometimes you want to take something that you're really good at and really make it excellent so I have those two dynamics going on. I got something where I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to make this varietal. And for instance, like I took on Tanat for the first time ever this year, and I'm loving it. It's um, talk about an evil good wine. <laughs> it's blood red and tasty and delicious. Um, and so I'm, I got just as equally excited about that as making my third batch of Petit Verdot Rosé, which I kept missing the mark of where I really wanted it to be, and. This one, I finally got the protocol down. Everything went perfect, even though it was, I went 40 hours with, without sleep getting this rosé done. And look, it might, you know, it paid off. I took a gold medal. And I honestly, you know, I think it's one of the best things I ever made. You know, wow. and it, that took 
three or four, four vintages to actually get done. So I think you have those two things going and that really excites me. It's like, okay, what variety am I going to take on next? What blends can we put together? You know, um, can't wait for, to work on the Kona blend number three, you I, know? I know. Oh, and so. then the number four. Ooh. Oh, Leo's the number four. Is a, so wait, wait, wait. Uh, so, <laughs> so the pink Kush is the one that we have in the, the fridge right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of you listeners, you're just going to have to wait. Um, we're going to open this, this bottle, we're going to have a glass and then we're going to come back. So hang tight. <laughs> and uh, while they're getting the uh, the pink kush opened and, and ready, uh, I snuck back to the studio just so I could tell you um, about Flower of Life. Flower of Life CBD is a family-owned CBD company here in California. They are the sweetest people. They are incredible. And if you go to folcbd.com, and put some things that they have there in their cart. And what they have there is remarkable. I mean, they have everything from CBD gummies to a CBD freeze roll-on to CBD salve to these 3,000 milligram tinctures, which I absolutely love. They have so much. If you go to folcbd.com and check all of their inventory out, put that in your cart. And then at the promo code uh, section, add Rebel and Muse to save 20% off of all Flower of Life products. Go check them out. And now we're back. After, and that was delicious. After experiencing the pink kush. Thomas, job well done, friend. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So that is 100% Petit Verdot, Rosé of Petit, petit Verdot. Yeah, something yes. you don't really see ever. No. No. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, a little blown away. So I have a question about the, the new Malbec, the pepper wine Malbec, has the green label on the back. Certified green, I believe it is. Can you tell me the, the delineation between organic and green? Like, what are the stages of that? Well, it's funny because um, you could draw a Venn diagram of what organic is and what sustainable is, and you'll just get a bunch of stuff in the middle that are similar, right? The, the certified grain is essentially more on the sustainable side of certification, mm-hmm. but um, it's not without, uh, gosh, there's a hundred measures you have to meet mm. on the vineyard in, in, or, in, excuse me, in order to obtain that certification. And a lot of those practices are you know, organic practices, mm. but it has everything to do with you know, uh, your inputs into the vineyard. So you're basically taking anything that's organic, that's, you know, fallen from the years prior. You know, we're talking leaves, uh, prunings, etc. Um, using uh, things that attract certain beneficial insects to fight off the bad insects or, you know, using rose bushes to, um, to observe mildew, um, all kinds of different little things that um, essentially make everything more viable and more environment god that pink kush yeah <laughs> environmentally friendly um enough that you you send your paperwork to uh, the state and they um they give you that certification it's actually it's um it's awesome it's, it's i wish more vineyards had that yeah it sounds like a lot to do but also it's a it's a very big honor i mean i would definitely pick up a bottle of wine that had a green certification on it for sustainable practices so i'm really proud of you guys awesome thanks and you know thomas like uh correct me if i'm wrong but this is just old world practices right like this is like everything that you're going to find in italy and france and spain and portugal like all of these like quote-unquote organic things had to be put in place for 
the new world wines because they were kind of skipping over some of those old world traditions. Yeah, no, that's a wonderful way to look at it, actually. I mean, because let's think about it. In the old world, they didn't have all the chemicals. Exactly. Like that, so they had to find ways to... They had to find things from the vineyard that will essentially kind of recycle into the earth and, and produce a good grape. So that's interesting to me. Would Then would you say that most old world wines are just organic without saying that they are? They're just wine to them, but they would be certified organic they here. They might have different practices nowadays, though. Oh, right, in right. In other countries. Right, right. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about no, that? No, it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a whole new world. Beast. whole new world yeah. and... and it's so funny how we're going back to those old times to obtain these certifications. <laughs> right? It's the irony there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's get so advanced that we have to turn around. That's basically the theme. <laughs> exactly. And right. then create certifications for it to uh -huh. make sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, let's go into what's next uh, mm -hmm. with not only um, Wine Boss, but with Pepper Wine and, and our wine experience. And uh, wine. here, I got to let the cat out of the bag. I mean... These wine experiences are going to be coming closer and closer to a town near you. So if you're living somewhere in North America uh, or the world, uh, <laughs> these cool wine experiences will be coming closer to you. And um, we are really, I would say, excited and prepared to bring these wine experiences all over. Uh, my question is, Thomas, and um, it's kind of a setup question because I know will we be able to bring this wine experience to all 50 states or are there going to be some regulations for us? Unfortunately, we have the problem states like Utah. <laughs> right. It's, you know, it's funny because the feds made it a state by state basis. And um, so that's what made this so complicated for us. Uh, yeah. You know, and uh, recently only haven't been able to directly ship to, I guess we're at about 44 states now, was uh, an endeavor in itself. So to actually be able to go to a state and, and uh, sell, you know, direct to like a retailer where, where we would play right. and provide an experience, it's a little tougher. Uh -huh. But yeah, no, I think, you know, it's uh, whatever we can do, we'll do it. I, I know. And that's funny that you say that because that was one thing that, um, you know, uh, a roadblock that we kept hitting is we couldn't get the wine to people that wanted the wine um from you know all these different states but recently that is changing and so if you uh, exciting. yeah it's very exciting so if you haven't had the wine yet or or there was a i would say a blockade for us to get the wine to you just know that 2020 is relaxing uh some of those policies and we'll be able to get the wine to you hopefully a little easier by shipping it directly to you yes yeah, so check again and the website is TheWineBoss.net. net. Yes. And, um, you know, if you're excited about these wines, uh, or just excited to try them, as I, we're excited to drink them as well. Gosh, that kush, man. Uh, <laughs> it is. Me too. Yeah. Wow, it's really nice. Uh, <laughs> it is a, it's a, I would say this. If you, t if you try this wine, I believe that the energy that you will feel from drinking this wine is the exact energy that we've put into it. And we've done it with such love uh, and such, I would say, from a place of, of fun. And these wines really do carry that over. So um, if you do want to try these wines, please check out thewineboss.net. You can order it there, and hopefully you are one of the states, not you, Utah, that we can ship to. 
Sorry, yes. Utah. Sorry, yeah. Utah. Sorry, Utah. It's not your fault. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's the government. Um, other than that, Thomas, uh, I thank you so much for the opportunity to do this with you. This has been so fun. And, um, and you know, I'm really looking forward to years and years of, of having more fun and taking this not just through North America, <laughs> but the world. Yes. And check out that Malbec, the new Malbec, which is the certified green. And mm-hmm. it's delicious. I think it's my new favorite. Also I, wanted, also, I wanted to do this, too. I want to thank those restaurants in Oceanside that just allowed us to have our wine in their in their establishments. Um, Privateer. Uh, we have Blue Water Grill in Carlsbad. We have Masters. We have The Lighthouse. I mean, it is incredible to be able to have like a, a small organic company like our wine go into these these unchain restaurants um, and, you know, have they showcased us and they've given us a home and they've given us a place on their shelves. I just wanted to really Payon. thank all of them. Yeah. Oh, Payon. That's right. Thank mm-hmm. you, Kate. Thank you, Sass. The Miller's Table. The Mil- yes, the Miller's Rain Table. Yeah. Oh, I mean, thank you, Mel. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. beautiful restaurants around here that just, you know, give us a shout. Oh, Breakwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just keeps going and going. I'm really yeah. glad, though, that we were able to just do it in a small base. And um, I can't wait to take the wine back to Hawaii, to our hometown, and really open it up there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas, thank you so much. I know that we're going to be seeing a lot of you in the future because there's things that we can't talk about right now that is just killing me. But yeah, but but I'm so excited. And uh, everyone, have a great Monday. We'll see you later. Thank you so much, guys.